Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. What's up? Came here to let you go. Pardon me? Came here to fire you, Jerry. It's real. You should say something. That's right. You fired Jerry as uh, Bob Sugar in uh, Jerry Maguire. So you might recognize Jay Moore from that infamous role. You might also recognize Jay Moore from this. Look, Maggie, Christopher Walken's reading Goodnight Moon. Goodnight, room. Goodnight, moon. Goodnight, cow jumping over the moon. <laughs> Please, children, scooch closer. Don't make me tell you again about the scooching. Yeah, the legendary Christopher Walken impression uh, on The Simpsons. Just a couple snippets from the very long resume. Comedian, actor, radio host, podcaster, best-selling author, Jay Moore has been doing stand-up, in fact, since he was a teenager. He's going to be doing stand-up this weekend, one show tonight, two tomorrow, two Saturday, at the Laugh Shop at the Blackfoot Inn, laughshopcalgary.com. And he joins us here in the studio this afternoon. Jay, so great to have you with us. Welcome to the program. Buddy, thank you. You said concert and fired me up. I'm like, all right, I can't hear you, Calgary. Who lives southwest? Whoa! Oh man, this is gonna be good. Let me tell you something. I, when I go, to, I don't go to rock concerts anymore because there's the lead singers always want to talk too much. I need an app that tells me when the band I want to see actually goes on stage. Yeah, you go see you two at that? the Saddle Dome. It says doors open at seven. You're like, I'm not going to be some herb. I'll get there about eight thirty. Yeah. You're standing there at ten oh ten. That sounds weird, but I'm gonna stick with it. You're like, the opening act's still on. You're like, when's you two come out? I'm exhausted. <laughs> exactly. I've been standing here in somebody else's vomit and sprite for forty minutes. And there's, I got ground rules too. Well, wait a sec. Don't tell me who to vote for if you're a band. <laughs> Don't tell me what charity I should be involved in. Yeah. Don't tell me to sing it because I have. That's why I'm here. You know. It's your turn to sing it. Nobody ever went to a concert to hear me sing. They don't leave going, hey, the guy in front of us was really good, man. He was really good. But it says tonight you're on a date. We should be there at 8, right? Folks should arrive on time. Well, yeah. Because otherwise, <laughs> if you come in while I'm on stage, I'll be like, what's going on? I don't pick on the audience, by the way. People are always like, I don't know. We'll probably get a seat up front. He'll destroy us. Like, no, that doesn't interest me. No? <clears throat> I have much more interesting things to talk about than like, where do you work? <laughs> it's true. Hey, speaking of work, I hear you. Now you did the you, you did talk radio for a while. Did you take you took a step back from that, right? We need to take that off my resume. Didn't I tell you yesterday? I need to take sports talk radio off my resume. Like, once you've it's, done it, it's, it's still a thing topic. that you've done. It's the least interesting thing about me. No, I mean, well, <laughs> not to you because you work in radio. I find it but interesting. But it's like I, a, a job opened up. I said I'm going to do that, and I did it. And it just, I just rode the rocket till it disintegrated. Radio's for radio people. It's a stamina I don't have. You guys are like, you guys have a meter. I, can't. I would think, though. I mean, doing stand up would give you at least, uh, you know, a, a tool set, a skill set for doing talk radio, wouldn't it? Uh, I think so. I, 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 that's what I brought to the table. Certainly is. Everything I said, I looked for the joke with the story. Yeah. You know, and it was sports. So there's always some guy just smoking too much pot on the Cowboys. Sure. You know, there's always some heartbreak. <laughs> the Oilers will ruin their draft picks. What percentage of all of the hours you spent doing sports talk radio did uh, you devote do to, to hockey? Uh, zero. <laughs> zero. Zero. 
Oh, Unless there was like, I played a lot of clips of like bug-eyed fat walrus, like guys like talking trash about their coaches. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, that 24-7 on HBO was the, was the Penguins and the Capitals, I believe. We played a lot of clips of that. Like Boudreaux would just come in and just swear. <laughs> we just played a lot of like, it was craziness. It was, it was the best show ever of all time. And uh, so it couldn't possibly have lived. Yeah. I read a quote from you, and you talk about... I could talk sports. Talk, uh, by the way, like, we can talk radio the whole way. Like, it's fine. <laughs> we can... Well, well, just we'll, we'll go wherever in. this goes. Yeah, all right. I just yeah. didn't want you to, like, lay off, because I said what I said. <laughs> well, I'll take yous, but yeah, I I've mean... I've been talking since 6 a.m. <laughs> yeah. Well, Mostly that makes in for a long day. by myself. But do people realize, I mean, because the quote I read from you was that a lot of people who know you from acting don't know you're a comedian. A lot of people who know your comedy don't know you're an actor. Probably yeah. a lot of both of those worlds don't know that you did radio for a while. But do, do people kind of have you pigeonholed as is no. one thing? I think I'm unpigeonholable, which I want added to the dictionary. <laughs> Un- when sure. did I turn into James Earl uh, J- I sound like Morgan Freeman. <laughs> Jay Moore, sports talk radio host, suddenly finds himself in Calgary. That's definitely um, Morgan. Tracy Morgan. <laughs> yeah. I uh, I don't know if I can be pigeonholed. I kind of keep moving. So, I mean, I don't think people going, I, I didn't even know you acted. I just saw you in Are We There Yet on TV. I go, yeah. It's just sort of, but they know I also do my podcast. They also know I write. I have books. So I, I don't know. It's really bizarre. But I think the stand-up now is really, I know it is finally just winning. Like, it's just the inevitable tilt towards your true self. Like, when I see people, they used to go like, where do I know you from? What show? Hey, dude, what show you come out on, man? (laughs) And now they see me and they go, JJ. And I look and they nod and I nod. It's just this odd, nice, beautiful thing we share. So in your mind, you're a comedian who does these other things? Yes, no question. Yeah. Yeah. That if you could only do one, one of all of those, things. I, I am one. I like, I am one. Like, I have to do comedy. It's, mm-hmm. That's what I am. Like, that's who I know. That's my tribe. Those are the people I hang out with. Those are the people I relate to. Like, I can't go get a steak with a bunch of actors all the time, <laughs> but I can go backstage at the comedy store, right, and sip a water and just laugh for two hours. But you can act. Not all comedians can act. I think they can actually. I, I don't. You know what? They choose not to. They're right. intimidated by it? There's only there's a finite amount of roles. Yeah. And you got to go, oh, I, I could try acting. And if you get your teeth kicked in early, you just go, mm, that's okay. But I think comedians are really good actors because we're present. Like the first time you go on stage, Buddhist monks try to get to that level of now, mm-hmm. right now, right now. Like I am in this chair right now. Like you, there's no future. There's no past. When you're on stage, it's now. Like you, I filmed my special uh, Saturday in L.A. and there's at no time in that I did about an hour and twenty minutes. There's no time in that special where I'm thinking about the future, the past. It's just now. Like I got to think a little bit like what's going to connect bit wise, mm-hmm. but it's kind of fascinating. Audiences are like confused, uh, surprised by presence. If somebody sneezes and I say, God bless you, the other side of the room giggles because they're uncomfortable that I heard somebody sneeze 40 (laughs) feet from me. That happens all the time. It's fascinating. I love it. It's the most fascinating thing, human behavior, like the study of it in real time. It's time traveling too. 
But, you know, comedy, and look, I've never done it. I, I would be terrible at it. But it seems like it's a lot of work. And I don't think people realize or maybe appreciate how much work it is. Because, look, comedians are funny guys. You're a funny guy, and you can come in, and you could probably sit and chat funny for an how? hour. Like what, I mean, you like a clown? <laughs> like, funny how? What? No, he knows what he said, Anthony. What? Like, what? What? Funny how? <laughs> it is a lot of... All right. I, in my podcast, More Stories, there's certain episodes called Comedy Science where I take one bit of anybody that I love and I just put it under a microscope and I just break it down. Like, you think it's funny, but I'm going to explain to you why it's funnier than you ever imagined. Mm -hmm. So that work is joy. Like, that's not work for me. That's joy because I'm sharing something that's fascinating to me. Like, Wow. And then I did one of my own bits per request. A couple people emailed me, morestories3737 at gmail.com. And I find, I'm like, all right, so I'll do this one bit. And as I was deconstructing the bit, I went, oh my gosh, like people think I'm a genius, but I didn't construct it on purpose <laughs> like this. It's just the words that flew out of my mouth one night. So I think the work is the repetition and the vigilance to keep showing up, to keep going and going and going and going and going. And that's life, really. I think that's the work. The actual doing of stand-up, the more you do it, it becomes really easy. It's like a skateboard with a slight decline the rest of your life. Yeah. On a freshly paved street. So when you talk about those comedians you love, I mean, do you have in your mind, like, your top five? Well, it's one. It's Carlin. Like, George Carlin... Yeah is a wizard like it's it's spooky like i could i could teach spatial relations science math english a lot i could teach a lot of things in like a college course just using george carlin as an ex example it, it's carlin you know prior is a perfect hour i love anthony jeselnik i love david tell yeah. i love you know you know bob newhart it doesn't make you like laugh falling around on the ground funny, but that was Warner Brothers' first gold record ever. It was really? the button-down mind of Bob Newhart. It was it was recorded at a Playboy Club. It was like the tenth time he had ever gone on stage. He walked, he sat down, lit a cigarette, he picked up an imaginary phone, and he <laughs> acts like a, a an executive talking to Abraham Lincoln. Yeah. Hey, Abe, how you doing, babe? You know, and the laugh. There's like really no laughs on it. It's like, but, but him, like the work. For Bob Newhart to just lock into that meter, that time, like being a drummer, and you know the lead singer sucks, <laughs> but like that's the beat to the song, and I'm not moving. That's mm -hmm. on him. That's on you, the audience. All that's right. fascinating to me. Jay, stand by. We'll take a quick break here. We're going to come back. Uh, actor, comedian Jay Moore in studio with us, and it's it's an exclusive concert. Yes, concert. At least that's uh, how they're billing it. Exclusive concert presentation this weekend at the Laugh Shop, laughshopcalgary.com. We are back with more right after this. All right, so this is from Goodfellas. Uh, Adam Sandler and Norm MacDonald doing the restaurant scene between Pesci and Ray Liotta. Uh, that's, really, that's really funny. I uh, Special guest appearance, Anthony will be played by Harvey Keitel. That's later. He's off camera, but it's an important sentence in the movie. I, uh, laba, laba, <laughs> no, you, uh, no, that, uh, you, uh, you really are, you, uh, no, 
you, uh, you really are a, a, a funny guy. Some of the comedy brilliance of Jay Moore, of course, uh, Norm Macdonald, one of those impressions. But let me ask you about Norm, Jay, because, I mean, uh, it, it seems like you guys have a really interesting relationship. Well, we don't, we're friendly. Like, I love him very much. Yes. Um, like, I he was performing about an hour from L.A., and I drove down just to, like, hang out backstage, and just, it was really nice to see him. He's, he's a brilliant man. Yeah. Like, he, and he's movie star handsome. Like, he looks like a 1950s movie star. <laughs> he kind of does. Like right? Montgomery Cliff, you know, the guy those blue eyes. You know? I don't know if I could do it in the sun, place in the sun with Elizabeth Taylor, because I hit that Shelly Winters with an oar. But the H, I can't kill my wife for Liz Taylor. I don't know. Maybe I could. It was, it was, he was here about five years ago. Matt, our friend Matt brought him in. Yeah, we had a, a conversation. It kind of felt like, you know, it was the end of the conversation. And then he just... He just started randomly. He was like, he was asking me questions and That's, just kind of going off on tangents, right? Yeah, but those questions, I bet, surprised you. Like, yeah. kind of cut off the ring on you. Yeah. That's that's a seeker. That's, that's you know, I always thought, there's only like six white headlining comedians at the 1100 seat level. You know, <laughs> okay. like there's, like, George Lope, well, he's Latino, I'm trying, like, Sebastian does like a 3,000 seat theater. I won't fill it, neither will Norm. And there's guys that do just like 200 seat clubs or whatever. So it's like me and Norm and Kevin Nealon, like we just kind of follow each other. You see, you know, they were there a week before you were there. And yeah. where I went in the country and, and in Canada, they'd be like, hey, Norm MacDonald was here a couple of weeks ago. He was, uh, he was really on drugs. And I go, no, he, he actually wasn't <laughs> at all. He just didn't want to talk to you because he's a higher frequency. And he just knew that there was no reason for you to be in his orbit. Yeah. And it was just every town I would go to, like, hey, he was with a bunch of boys. He's like, like he was. I think he's a gay guy. I'm like, no, he's not. I've, I've, he's, got, he's that's. He just he's an expert at uh, protecting what is the most precious yeah. thing, and that's his ideas and his words. Yeah. Well, and he's a national treasure here too. So I come from a long line of death. <laughs> now, did you guys? You guys were on SNL around at the same, same time, time yeah. right? And friends since then, or did that come after? No, I just always friendly. Yeah, uh, yeah. Unless there's a beef, I don't know about that. You're not sharing with well, me. Well, I, no, I haven't heard. Yeah, I haven't no. heard. You never know with people. It's always, <laughs> it's, right. it's always stuff people heard. Like, hey, what's up with you and so and so? It's always news to me because I don't have a problem with anybody. You, know, you seem like a pretty chill guy. I don't know why anyone would. Uh, nobody's ambivalent about me. <laughs> it's right. Nobody. It's either like uh, I love them. I, 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 I like I love him. I love him. I love him. Or man, I hate that guy. But if you ask why, they'll go. You know, you know. <laughs> oh, no, I don't know. Uh, SNL, and you wrote a book about. You want to hear SNL. the greatest rewrite by Norm Macdonald ever yes. that's ever happened? David Spade and Fred Wolf wrote a sketch where essentially you smoke crack and you lose <laughs> weight, and there's these special shakes, and it was like uh, send away for the kid. I'll get you the pipe, and then this, and you do a moderate amount of exercise. 
And you know, in the commercials, there's like a big fat person and they show like the outline of their body. After six months, it gets small. It was like six <laughs> hours. Like, and uh, then there's a, a scene filmed outside where Chris Farley's at a drive-thru window and he goes, I'll have... 14 cheeseburgers, 14 hamburgers, 14 french fries, another 14 french fries with the hamburger. We put the first 14 french fries with the hamburger and the second 14 french fries with the cheeseburger, 14 apple pies, 14 milkshakes, 14 Coca-Cola. And the guy in the, the speaker at the drive-thru goes, will there be anything else? And he goes, uh, will, that, uh, will that be all? <laughs> and he goes, no. And I forget how it was written, but it was some type of repeat of the order. And when I say two hours we spent from like 1 a.m. to 3 a.m. batting around what that answer should be, will that be all? No. <laughs> I also want, like, and I think the finance world just repeat the exact same order again. Oh, my God. Or end a Diet Coke. <laughs> or end fish sticks, like absurd things. Or... And we didn't know Norm was in the room. He was on a couch at the other end of the writer's room. He goes, hey, you guys, uh, we all jump. Yeah, and uh, Chris at that drive-thru window, you know. How about, he goes, uh, I don't know, I'll take 14, whatever the number is you guys had. Cheeseburgers, hamburgers, all those french fries, you know. Cheese, all the milkshakes, you know. And the guy in the box uh, that works at the drive-thru, he goes, uh, hey, will that be all? And Chris says, Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. <laughs> there was three seconds of silence. And like you pulled a pin on a grenade, 14 rioters went on the floor. Like we were rolling. <laughs> it was one syllable. We wow. were just going in the wrong direction. <laughs> and like, no. How about he goes, yes. And then when we filmed, they, I wasn't there. When they filmed it, when Chris says yes, he's filled with like pride. Yeah. Like, no, that's it. Just 22 <laughs> burgers and two large fries. <laughs> it, it was kind of like, it added everything to that sketch. Norm's yeah. a genius. Well, Farley was a genius. Farley's the most beautiful man I ever met. Yeah. Ever. Ever. He came into mine in David Tell's office. It was like two, there's no reason for him to be there that late. And he goes, hey, what are you guys doing? And we go, we'll, we'll pay you $100 to take a dump out the window. <laughs> we we weren't well. Like we weren't well. We were going yes. mad. Yeah. Wait, we were actually mad as people go on the show. It, when you're people are relying on you for content and there is no content, none in your person, not like but you gotta walk around like, Yeah, I got it. We're good. So Chris goes, Give me the money first. <laughs> uh oh. We start patting our pockets, and we go from office to office. We're collecting change, including, <laughs> I'm not making this up, including six, I talk about this on stage, too. I close my special with this story. Including about $6 in coins, exactly $100. And he puts the paper money in his pocket. He reaches across. He was a, a strong man. He reaches across the desk and just lifts it straight up. like an like, And the coins, like in a cartoon, slide down the desk. They were stacked and go ding, ding, ding. And it was pocket like ding, 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 ding. He dropped the desk, opens the giant old ass like 30 rock window that we had thought was painted shut. Might have been actually. He was that strong. <laughs> yeah. Like he was actually really? that strong. Oh yeah. He crawls out onto the window ledge and lowers the window onto the back of his neck. He's like backwards out the window. The only thing inside the building is his knees, his hands, because his hands are on his knees, the tip of his toes and his nose and his forehead. The rest of Chris Farley is outside 30 Rockefeller Center. 
It's the 17th floor. <laughs> he could fall to his death at any moment, and that's making us laugh more. Like, we're oh, yeah. not, we weren't well. And it became obvious right away that Chris did not have to go to the bathroom at all. Because <laughs> he's got, like, he's purple from effort. A vein, like, he's just snot. Just, the window's rattling from effort. Like, dur, dur, that's resting on his head yeah. or his neck. And, he's, and he's, it's Farley. So he's like, oh, well, son of a, get, 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 get it, go. Well, what the hell? all things holy, Davey, okay. All right. And then, like we were, we could, we were blind. Like we went blind. Oh my God, yeah. It was an acid trip. It was we were gone. And after about four minutes, which doesn't seem like a long time, but when a guy's outside of a building and an American treasure, yikes! You ever see like one fig Newton, <laughs> right. but without the Newton? Yes. That falls from him into the window onto my desk. Oh my God. That's showbiz. <laughs> That is incredible. <laughs> All right, Jay, stand by. we got a few more minutes here with Jay Moore. It is an exclusive concert presentation at the Laugh Shop this weekend, laughshopcalgary.com. Tickets going fast. One show tonight at 8, uh, two shows tomorrow, two shows on Saturday. You're not going to want to miss it. Uh, comedian, actor, author, podcaster, Jay Moore is uh, in studio with us, jaymoore.com much more at the website. Uh, much more here with Jay Moore when we continue on this Thursday afternoon. Rob Breckenridge with you. We are back with more right after this. We are back in conversation with comedian Jay Moore, an exclusive concert presentation this weekend at the Laugh Shop, laughshopcalgary.com. Uh, now, Jay, you just shared a couple of uh, hilarious stories uh, from your days at Saturday Night Live, and I'm sure there are many more, uh, but it was three years on SNL, and being let go from that. I mean, from what I understand and what I've read, it, it was certainly a very difficult time for you. Is that fair to say? Yeah, but I was the reason for me having a difficult time. But that's from being an AA um, and having to do like inventory every day. And when I was writing the book, I started because I took some notes for maybe a book while I was there. But then I, and I, nobody's ever explained. This is what the book is gasping for airtime about SNL and my panic disorder, my alcoholism and depression. And it's, nobody ever said, this is what happens Monday. This is, this is what happens on Monday at Saturday Night Live. Tuesday, this happens. Wednesday, Thursday. This is why the monologue is always terrible. <laughs> it's because they do it at 5 p.m. on Saturday. It's the absolute last thing thought of. Yeah. And you, it's bizarre. And then as I was writing, it's right when I started turning a corner with my stand-up about telling the truth and telling stories that happened I realized, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm the, uh, I'm the outlier. Like it's me. Like I should have done what the head writer told me to do, like go office to office and like do impressions at people, at people. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I, at the time, I was insulted. Like I'm not gonna go like a door to door salesman and go, hey guys, Harvey Keitel wants to know what are you doing? Bang, bang. <laughs> but that's exactly what I should have done because yeah. they don't know you can do Forrest Whitaker or like weird things, and. It was, it was awesome, but it was, it made me insane, but it's also because my inability at the time to go with the flow, nobody just shows up and is on camera. Like Adam Sandler, one of the most famous cast members of all time, you know, three years in, he's like a bailiff with no lines. Right. But I was more like JFK when he ran for uh, Congress. I refused to wait my turn. Like I'm here <laughs> yeah. for a reason. Yeah. This is, this is dumb. So, so 
Yeah. But you go from that to then now you're, you're Bob Sugar, Jerry Maguire. Happened. Jeff Foxworthy show in between. Yeah. Made a little scratch, but you <laughs> might be a redneck Jeff Foxworthy, man. Uh, Jerry Maguire is my first movie, and uh, I auditioned to be the quarterback first. My mother's from Odessa, Texas. My grandmother was Miss Texas, and that day I couldn't do a southern accent. I, it, it was absurd. And I just blew it. Really? And they said, what about the nanny? And I, there's a smaller part, with the male nanny that Renee Zellweger has. And I knew the script like my heart because I'd read, devoured it because I wanted to be in it so bad. And uh, they asked me if I could read the sides for the part and come back in like an hour. And I'm like, no, actually I know it because that guy describes uh, a live concert of Miles Davis and John Coltrane. And I had that album. So I remember reading it going, this is a really cool thing to shoehorn into this giant script. So it took like 10 minutes. I came back. It went well. And then after I read that, there was a weird silence. I was all standing there. It was, it was, uh, it was Cameron Crowe, Jim Brooks, Richard Sakai. Uh, I forget the cow's name. And we're all just standing around. I'm like, okay. Like they're all kind of looking at the floor. <laughs> standing up against the desks. Yeah. Or, and then finally Jim Brooks goes, what about sugar? And they all just kind of went, yeah, 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 yeah. Like that's what they were all, th I guess that's what they were all thinking, but nobody wanted to be the first guy to say it because <clears throat> they had an offer out to Owen Wilson because he was in Bottle Rocket that James Brooks produced. Oh, yeah, right. So if Jim Brooks, <clears throat> excuse me, is the guy that's going to have to rescind the offer, then they can hop on. But Cameron Crowe doesn't want to tell like a Sony executive that has to tell <laughs> Jim Brooks. So yeah. it's very fascinating to watch that. And the hair on my neck stood up and I knew I didn't want to go in the hallway and learn it right then. So I asked them, I think it was a Wednesday, I asked if I'd come back Friday, and they go, why don't you just come back after the weekend? I'm like, oh my gosh. They were really solicitous and great with their time. And I came back, and it went great. And then they asked me to come back Saturday to the following Saturday to read with Tom Cruise. And when I walked into Cameron Crowe's office, Tom Cruise on a, on a couch eating lunch, and he had to get out of this like, big, smushy couch to shake my... I'm like, well, strike one. <laughs> And he tried to kill me with it. Like, he tried to murder me with the scene. Mm -hmm. It was like, you want the part, like, it's on. Like, yeah. right, like I'm taking a bat to your kneecap <laughs> now. And I was like, no, you're not. You're fired. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, this is where most population freaks out and don't get what they want. And that's, you know, that's life. You know, right. I, I coach wrestling and it's, I'm trying to get high school kids to just see that they're more they hold a lot more value than they even realize. Like, you just got to go out, just bring it. Because if you wait for the other guy to do something, he will. Then you got to do two things. Where do you find the time to coach wrestling? <laughs> <clears throat> it's my priority. Yeah? Every day, 2 to uh, two to 4.30. Are you good? No. Good wrestling? <laughs> no. I'm, I, I don't even know what the sport is. I wear funny boots. And a cape. Do you? Oh, excellent. No, it's every day, you know. But hey, when you make no money, you got to keep doing it. No, I suppose so. I don't want to pay for that. That's that's joy. That's that's a love that keeps me awake at night. Well, uh, hopefully they pay you for this weekend. Because <clears throat> oh, I think yeah. it's going to be a good weekend. <laughs> yeah. They're going to pay me that oil money. Uh, now, I'll when see. I told them to give me my money, I'm going to get everybody <laughs> paid and pregnant. Tracy Morgan's going to be at the laugh shop. Yeah, Matt. Hey, by the way, have you heard the forecast for the weekend? Oh, uh, there's a vortex coming. So we're told. Yeah, it's a nice day today, but... They just assume everybody knows what a vortex is. But we know it. <laughs> it's cold. We know it's going to be cold. 
Right, but yeah. Vortex. <laughs> yeah, it sounds... In the States, they go, Storm Tracker 3000. We track the storm <laughs> and kick it, and it's nuts. Yes, nuts. Tracy, Tom, Sam, they kick it in his face. It's like, <laughs> just be still. The storm will find you. You don't uh, have to track it. Well, you're a Jersey guy. You get winter, right? You know winter. I do. Yeah. I like the song Winter by the Stones. Underrated. Goat's Head Soup. Yeah. You can hear Keith go, F! On the court <laughs> really? He's fed up. Okay, I'm going to go listen for that. All right, so it's going down this weekend, the Laugh Shop. Uh, one show tonight, two tomorrow, two Saturday, laughshopcalgary.com, jmore.com, M-O-H-R, of course. You're really good at uh, talk, uh, having a conversation. I, I don't want to say interviewing, because it's it's a more comfortable, laconic pace. It's, a, it's what my podcast used to be <laughs> when, I, when I was... Had more and more guests. It was just, it's a hang. You're, I, I'm not blowing smoke because we're done. You're exceptional at this. And you well, can, I appreciate you can that. do, you're, no one's going to be better than you at this. Well, I'm going to use that. I'm going to say well, that. I'm, I'm, yeah, go ahead. It's a lot easier when it's Jay Moore sitting here versus, you know, but city you, counselor so-and-so. But, but you didn't know that before I came in. And you were the guy that got me to relax and stop doing bits and well, talk. With, no, no, no. Does the donuts? I started bit, doing. I no, no, no. I started doing bits. Yeah. And then you, I had to concede to your pace, your meter. And that's that's impressive. Otherwise, I'm just like an idiot that's not <laughs> present. You know, people that aren't present. Yeesh. All right. Guy owns the clubs on his damn phone. I ask him a question. He goes yellow. <laughs> All right, Jay Moore. Thank you, brother. For Thanks, real. buddy. Like, I was, it's impressive. You're really great. Jeez, all right. Thought I was insufferable before. Jay Moore, this weekend, the Laugh Shop, laughshopcalgary.com. You're not going to want to miss it. All right, 403-974-8255 is a number. We are back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.